Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And good Saturday morning, and welcome to what is arguably the worst month of the year for outdoor folks. <laughs> it's named February, and we are there. You know, it usually means low tides, cold temperatures, rainy frontal systems, fog, all that kind of stuff. Now, there's still some hunting going on in the major seasons. Deer and duck are over, of course, unless you're a veteran. Got some special dates for veteran hunters. Uh, one more day, in matter of fact, in the Louisiana East Zone and in Alabama. But, you know, one good thing about February is it's the shortest month of the year. Uh, despite all of that bad stuff, uh, freshwater fishing can be good, and you can also find a few saltwater fish when the days are right, those few and far between. Also, it allows some tuna and wahoo fishing in the Gulf. Uh, not Probably not this weekend when I give you the weather forecast, but what is your worst month of the year from a sportsman's perspective? Text that to me at 504-260-1870. Let me know which month it is that you... Uh, do not look forward to the most being either a fisherman and or a hunter. And what do you know about barotrauma? Well, if you fish offshore, you might know a little more than you think. If you don't, well, you're going to find out because we're going to talk about that thing called barotrauma and the Descend Act. Also, uh, what changes are going to be taking place in Louisiana with regard to flounders? Well, it was supposed to be taken up at the Department of Wildlife and Fisheries Commission meeting. In fact, it was, but... We have a failure to communicate what the, the outcome was. Anyway, we'll explain more about that to you. And we do have a very interesting bad boy of the outdoor story because you might be surprised to hear who it was that made the case of a deer hunter who wasn't ready for his nighttime deer season to come to a close. We'll get the good, the bad, the ugly of February fishing reports from our staff of field reporters. And speaking of bad news, well, there's more delays in the reopening of a popular Lake Pontchartrain fishing pier. We'll tell you what that's about. And have you ever been involved in a vehicle-animal collision? What state do you think has the highest collision rate? And which one has the most human deaths as a result of that? I've got the top ten list for you. You may be surprised to hear who is number one. If you are headed out in this uh, gloomy, messy Saturday, 
Uh, small craft advisory is up until noon across the Gulf Coast. Offshore, you're looking at southeast and southerly winds uh, pretty brisk, 20 to 25 knots, six-foot seas offshore, pretty much the same for tomorrow. However, the wind will be out of a totally different direction as the frontal system passes through the Gulf north and northeast at 15 to 20. And on the inside interior lakes and bays, northeast winds 10 to 15 today, some choppy conditions. Tomorrow, northeast winds will persist 5 to 10 knots with a light chop. There's about a 60% chance of at least some light rain uh, all along the Gulf Coast today. Tomorrow, I'm going to see some sunshine. Much better looking day tomorrow, except for those winds. What else can you say? It is February. Average tide, 1.6, a lot of water moving. Mississippi River really jumped up. Last week we reported to you it was a little over 4. It is now at 6.3 and climbing. We'll talk to Ryan Lambert down in Plaquemines Parish, what impact that will have on fishing down the lower Mississippi Delta. And we got a whole lot more to talk about, you and I. Don't forget, send us your text messages live and direct into the studio, 504-260-1870. We're back to talk to Robbie Campo in Shell Beach after this time out. And we head down to Shell Beach and uh, Campos Marina, where Robbie Campos standing by. Robbie, uh, oh, I tell you, you know, this week was really strange. We had a little bit of a warm-up. Then we got these drizzly, rainy, cloudy, chilly, and windy days. You put all that stuff together, and that's pretty much a mess on those days. How was the fishing down in Shell Beach? Well, you know, Don, early, the early part of the week, Monday, Tuesday, was terrible. Um, Wednesday and Thursday, it you know, it, it got nice. Um, Wednesday got nice about midday. Um, did catch some fish Wednesday um, up at the wall at Shell Met. I had a buddy of mine went up there. He picked up 25 at the wall. Another buddy of mine went up there. He picked up uh, he picked up 13, but he didn't get out till late. Um, so some fish were caught, you know, caught up that way. Um, but that's the only place that I know of that any speckled trout were caught in this region was up by the wall at Shelmet. Um, now, now uh, you know, other people may have caught some in, you know, some different places, but I didn't, you know, I didn't get no reports of that. That's people that left out of here and went and did that. Um, you know, Thursday, Thursday was a better day. Uh, people, you know, my people that went out, went and did the redfish and the sheephead run down by the long rocks. Um, you know, and picked up some bass up on the channel here along the uh, along the Mr. Go Rocks, about up behind Barrett. Um, so yeah, Wednesday and Thursdays was your day to fish. Yesterday we never had a person fish. Yesterday, I mean, it was raining all day, drizzling <laughs> uh, all day. You know, so and I, I'm you know RJ supposed to be coming this morning, but I didn't see him here yet. So <laughs> he called me yesterday, said he was coming, but I don't have him here yet. But you know, look, if you did, we got water today. I mean, the water's, the water's up, so that's something that we hadn't had all week. We had low tide all week. We do have, you know, our tides come back up. So um, if you get back up in that marsh around Lena's Lagoon um, and Gallego around St. Marlo, you know, in that area back there, I'm sure you could pick up some bass and some freshwater catfish and some sheep heads and you know, and the oyster shells in St. Milo and up in Bayou Alphonse. So, you know, I, I'm I, I'm sure you can pull a day out of it. You, you're going to get wet. I think you're going to get wet. But, you know, if you bring the rain gear, I, you know, it, it's doable, very doable. 
and you're not going to get stuck this morning, so you don't have to worry about that. But uh, other than that, you know, it, you know, Don, I, I look to give you a, a wonderful fishing report every Saturday, but it just, you know, this weather has been so crazy. You know, it warms up and then it's cold, and you know, we got some really cold stuff, I believe, coming at the beginning of next week here. Um, you know, it's just. I just hope the weather's good for next weekend when we're doing this cleanup on the bayou. And, um, you know, we, we, well, one thing we really need, we really need the tide to be low again. And we're going to, you know, so the people could, we could scavenge all the stuff off of the banks and uh, pick it all up and put it in trash can, you know, put it in the dumpsters here. But uh, we need, we need low tide next weekend. You know, watch it be high like this. <laughs> it's going to happen. But we need the volunteers. We're going to have crawfish. I'm hearing they're going to have a ball of crawfish. So, you know, it's going to be a, it's going to be a cleanup day. There's not a whole lot of stuff going on this time of year, you know, so come on down next weekend, next Saturday here at Campos, and we're going to get, we're going to break them up into teams. We're going to start cleaning up, you know, between here and all the way down at Hopedale. So we're just trying to get the bodies cleaned up. You know, it's a, it's a good deal. So, I mean, uh, yep, come on out. Now, Robbie, um, 9 o'clock is when it's scheduled for, so it's not like before daylight thing. You come out there for 9 o'clock, and uh, what should people bring? Do you need boats? Do you need just bodies with, uh, you know, boots and, and gloves and stuff like that? Yeah, uh, a lot of that stuff is going to be provided, but, yeah, bring your boots. Uh, we got we got boats. Uh, if you have a boat and you want to bring your boat, you're more than welcome to bring your boat. Um, we're not going to charge you to launch it or anything. You just put it in that day. That you know, if you come and help volunteer with this, it's not. It won't be no charge for your back down or anything like that. So, just come put it in, and uh, and and well, yeah, we're gonna need people. You know, people's, you know, hands is hands is the most important thing. To, you know, pick up because boy, I'll tell you what these these by these bayous are riddled with trash, man, from these storms. Uh, and like I said, it's just you know, it's February. There's nothing really much going on, so. Um, you know, if you try to do this in in May or June, well, you you probably have a problem because everybody wants to go fishing. But look, it's just it's a good cause, and then they're gonna have crawfish at the end of it, so you know people get a little bit to eat, and you know it'll it'll be it'll be a good time. All right, sounds good. And I know Jimmy Corley is uh, giving his phone number out if people want more information from him because he's kind of coordinating the thing, and he's at five zero four two five eight. Four four three one. Those of you who know him, he's a professional hunting and fishing guide, uh, waterfowl. Uh, was a waterfowl expert? Is that what he goes by? Waterfowl specialties. Specialist. Yeah, that's what it is. Yep. Give Jimmy a call <laughs> if you want more details and information. Well, sounds good. We'll check in with you before the, the cleanup and remind people again next week and uh, between now and then. How's the shrimp holding out? If somebody wants live bait this morning. That's not doing good. <laughs> we we uh, we're doing maintenance on the boats right now. Um, I don't. I think the only one down this way that has any live shrimp at all. Don't hold me to this. You have to call and check around. I think a Sweetwater Marina. They get there from Venice. Um, I don't believe anybody down here, you know, has bait but them. I think they had some. And and, and look again. Call before you go, and you know, make sure. Because uh, I don't want to say that, and you know, people just go down there. Make sure call Sweetwater, call Jack, and see if he's got any over there. Um, he was the only one that I knew of that had any. Um, uh, you know, 
we are on dead frozen shrimp right now because uh, we're doing maintenance on these boats trying to get them. You know, it's it's it really needs to be done, Don. So that's what you know. Slow time of the year. That's what we're going to do. We're going to fix the boats. It's a great effort. Thanks, Robbie. We appreciate it, and uh, we'll catch up with you next week. All right, buddy. Talk to you later. Bye bye. Yes, sir. All right. So when we come back after this, going to get to some of your text messages. You want to send us one? It's five zero four two six zero one eight seventy. More fishing reports, hunting information. If you want to get some of that, you have come to the right. And he takes on the big boss bass. I'm talking about Jeff Brule. He's got a freshwater fishing report brought to you by Berkeley, a division of pure fishing. You know him for the Berkeley line of gulp baits. They've got him for the white perch, the bass, inshore, offshore fishing of all types, whatever kind of line you use, whether it be monofilament, braid, or fluorocarbon, and thousands and thousands of fishing accessories, everything from a catfish flipper to a waist scale to a feline knife. If it's for fishing, Berkeley's got it. A division of pure fishing. Good morning, Jeff. Jeff, what can you tell us, I guess, about one of the few bright spots other than late rut Alabama deer hunting and some maybe some quail hunting in February and small game? Uh, saltwater fishing is usually uh, really hit or miss because of low tides and conditions, but freshwater fishing can be a bright spot sometimes. What can you tell us about the freshwater fishing right now? Uh, t- first spot is Delacroix. I'll tell you, it's kind of the tough nut to crack down there it's had all those storms last year and it pretty much wiped out the grass uh, it, it will come back this year it always does but what that did was it make, makes it a big muddy spot when these front comes comes through makes it tough to fish but there's nothing to hold the fish there's no grass beds it's just basically like an open bottom uh, they will get on some wood cover if you can find a piece down there that's kind of a hard thing to find and even in Delacroix there's not a lot of trees in the marsh to fall in the water so it's kind of like a here today gone tomorrow deal because you'll might go down there one day and catch them pretty good and go back and hit the same spots and not get a bite so you want to cover a lot of water if you find a little stretch of fish kind of stay on them if you're fishing a tournament i wouldn't wouldn't leave to go find something else uh, vibrating jigs spinner baits and crawfish baits are kind of the best options this time of year but hopefully the when it warms up this summer, the grass will be back thick. The, the fish are there. They're just, they're just hard to find. So that's the Delacroix report. You go down there, you can catch fish, but it, it's a struggle. Jeff, uh, the rivers. Uh, I was over at the Pearl River Management Area this week, and uh, the Pearl is up. The Mississippi River jumped up to 6'3". I'm sure the Atchafalaya is up, too. What are these swollen rivers going to mean for the fishing? What do you do to, to deal with that? Well, luckily the local rivers here, the smaller ones on the North Shore, can can get clean pretty quick, stained. But like your big rivers, like the Pearl and the Basin, uh, you got a kind of a window on the basin. It's it's around three feet right now, but it's going to go on up probably the next month. Uh, For the basin, the Sokolay report's pretty good. The bass report's fair. Uh, You start searching those dead ends, about two to four feet under a car. Kind of same scenario. You want to move around a little bit till you find a little pocket of fish for the Sokolite, uh, but they're catching them in some of the canals, so that's a, that's a good option to catch some of those tasty fish doing that. The bass, are, they're trying to move up. It's like with everything else. It's, it's been kind of cold, so it's kept the spawn from really exploding. The fish are, you'll catch some full eggs, but with that water champ being in the low 50s, they, only a few of them are really coming up to spawn. But uh, you go throw your spinner baits, throw a jig under a cork about two to four feet for your white perch. Uh, same thing on the rivers up north. Uh, you can uh, 
go along the like you spoke to Tanjico. They are catching some white perch, but they're still pretty deep. The water's a little colder up here. Um, you might want to go to eight to ten if you're trying to find those. Uh, shiners are good, but you're just looking for a good top where you might can find some fish. Kind of a red crankbait for the North Shore bass guys. Pearl River, that's a good option this time of year. Another option option people don't um, look at is Lock One. Uh, it's always stays pretty clear. It's pretty protected from the wind. It's got yeah just a dug canal. Uh, Phil Shoots and Morgan Shoots uh, took the win on the Lunkers and Liars last weekend with 1142-pound stringer. So there's some good fish up there to be caught. So if you want to get out of the mud, you don't want to fish muddy water, that block one would be an option for you. But I guess overall the big news is uh, Caney Lake and some of the lakes up north. Uh, there's some the grasses coming back on Caney, and they had a vent over there about a week or so ago, and they caught some big fish. I think on the average is about six pounds. Uh, stringer, so you're talking like a 30-pound stringer to, to win a tournament. That's that's impressive fish for Louisiana. But they're Carolina rigging, red rattle traps over the grass. So anything that you can fish in the grass, you know, if you want to punch the deep grass, you throw a little heavier weight, Texas rigs. Or if you find a nice edge of the grass, you could throw some lighter weights and, and just fish the edge of the grass. But they're catching them deep, Carolina rigs up in Caney. And, uh, shoot, I think they're over the in the tournament they had um four fish over 10 pounds so that place is back at its heyday it was the place to go up in north louisiana so it's returning to that so if you up in that area of the country check it out the next few weeks you might catch a trophy yeah it's quite a story that candy lake i mean it, it took off and was producing trophy bass left and right and then uh, an experiment with uh, grass carp being introduced to control the grass they basically ate themselves out of house and home and left it without any structures. I remember they were using tires, old tires on the bank just to put some structure in, but it sounds like that grass situation's under control. It's back, and boy, what a wonderful resource that is up at Caney Lake. Uh, Jeff, what can you tell me about Lake Larto? I've got a white perch trip scheduled up there with Jeff Brumfield. He tells me they use spider rigging up there. Have you fished Larto, Saline, that area up there? I haven't fished that area. I've fished some of the Natchez Lakes. Uh... The, the first thing I can tell you is the, they have the, the white perch, and it, it gets a lot bigger. And you're going to be, if he gets on the big ones, it's impressive how much bigger they are than these black crappie we have down here in the marsh. I mean, we're, we're talking a pound bigger, maybe two pounds bigger. So you might catch the biggest white perch you ever caught uh, fishing up there. Uh, they can be a lot of them. You can go catch a good limit. I think, I don't know exactly what the limit is. It was 25 per person or something like that. But um, you can catch a lot of fish, a lot of big ones. Uh, spider rigging is fun. Uh, you can catch some in deeper water. I'm still kind of an old cork and bank fisherman. I like to do that. But the, the spider rig can be fun because all of a sudden all the poles go off and you're trying to land two or three fish at one time with only two hands and two guys. And it, it can get kind of hectic when you do that if you run into a big school of them. But, yeah, it's, there's some fine fish up there. And it's it's Probably one of the premier spots in Louisiana. Larto has a good reputation for the white perch. Oh, well, maybe you can come up there with us. We'll see if the dates work out for you. Sounds good. I love to go up there and catch some big ones. Jeff, anything else before you go? News: uh, the upcoming tournaments. We've got Lunkers and Liars February 28th on East Pearl. It's actually the first event of the spring summer set season. So, if you fish three out of the five, you can fish the championship. It's a fifty dollars entry fee. And we have a Fight Like Hunter benefit tournament March 6th at a 
Fupopolis off Highway 22. It's $140 entry fee. I think I'm saying that right. Uh, but that's over towards uh, the Springfield area in that part of the world. Uh, but it's a benefit tournament on uh, March 6th. So that's a good one to go uh, donate a little money to. All right. Sounds great, Jeff. Thanks so much for the report, as always. We appreciate it, and uh, we'll catch up with you next time. Thanks, Don. Thanks, Don. All right. There he goes, Jeff Brule, our freshwater guy. Giving you the latest information. Yeah, it can be a good time of the year for freshwater fishing. I know those Alabama guys are after those rutting deer. They're so lucky they got that late rut over there, but it's pretty much over in Louisiana. All right, we come back after this. I'm uh, going to talk about what we did not find out about flounders at the commission meeting, also the Descend Act, and get to your text messages that are coming in. Which state do you think has the most animal vehicle collisions? Back with more of the Outdoor Show right after this. All right, so here's the situation. It's a February, early February, Saturday morning, and, you know, I got that great deer hunting that goes on in Alabama late in the season. They still got a little bit to go, and the deer are all rutting, and that's a unique situation they enjoy over there. But other than that, it's pretty much a small game. Some freshwater fishing, if you can find some clear water in most of the areas, and saltwater fishing is definitely hit or miss. Uh, if you're going to be out there today, small craft advisory until noon, and then those winds are going to switch. I'm looking at the radar and the rain that is out there. It's light, scattered, but it's pesky, and it's moving from the southwest to the northeast as that frontal system approaches. Winds are going to switch around sometime later today. Uh, they'll become northeasterly and lighten up just a little bit. They'll still be 10 to 15 offshore tomorrow, probably wiping any tuna and wahoo fishing except for the very hardy out there. But inside, it'll be a light chop. Five to ten knots out of the northeast isn't quite as bad. Finding clean water after that wind shift and those high winds is going to be the challenge if you're headed out fishing tomorrow. All right, we also, uh, when I come back after this quick uh, station identification pause, I'm going to run down the Veterans and Youth Duck Hunting Days. That's winding up, too, in several of our states. Also talk about what was not released from the Wildlife and Fisheries Commission meeting with regard to flounder. All that up next after we let our local stations identify themselves on the outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. Well, one of the benefits of being young and or a veteran, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, is you get some special uh, hunting days with regard to the waterfowl season. Uh, today is youth only day in the east zone of Louisiana. Tomorrow it is veterans only, and I'll be participating in that in the east zone, getting the last day in. I can't ever remember hunting ducks in February, but for the veterans, if you're a, a retired military or retired or active duty, uh, you get to hunt. Tomorrow, you'll be the only ones out there. It should be uh, pretty much uh, relaxed and devoid of crowds. Mississippi, their Youth and Veterans Day is going to be Monday, February the 8th. That's statewide. And in Alabama, the Youth and the Veterans uh, today only. And that is also statewide for waterfowl hunting. Uh, Flounder. The most recent flounder stock assessment done by Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries uh, and you may be recalling this deja vu. We went through this with speckle trout. It shows a decline in the flounder recruitment, which means the stock size could be falling below healthy levels. Uh, the Department of Wildlife and Fisheries Commission met earlier this week in Baton Rouge, and they were presented with management options that would return the flounder stocks to a sustainable level, uh, which translates to regulation cuts, probably size limit, creel limit, or both. 
But the strange thing is, what they were presented with has not been released. If it has, I can't find it anywhere. Uh, the commission also has asked the department. Got to remember, the commission is the body making the policy making body. The department is the state agency, and they have asked them to look at other management options and then report back at a later meeting. They took no action on flounder management. So we don't know what they were presented with as far as the numbers and what the possible options to remedy that would be. And we don't know when they're going to look at other options and what they might be. Oh, government agency at work. There it is. And, you know, Wildlife and Fisheries does a lot of good work, but in some cases, especially on this communications thing. Those commission meetings now, by the way, I used to attend them pretty regular with this pandemic going on. They only allow a total of 40 people in there. They got to wear the mask, so they do it a lot by Zoom. But I got to tell you that they should heighten their communications and, and get information out in a more timely manner because of that. But We'll see. Well, dig around some more, and I'm sure it'll eventually come out. All right, we come back after this break. I'm going to talk about the Descend Act of 2020. It doesn't go in effect till next January, but you need to be aware of it. And also, we'll get to your text message. If you'd like to shoot us one, it's 504-260-1870. Real-time texting in the studio. Sorry we can't take pictures. Uh, you can send those to me at my contact number at my website at dontheoutdoorsguy.com. We're back right after this. All right, if you have been offshore and uh, fished red snapper and other species, you probably witnessed a phenomenon known as barotrauma. And what that is, it's an increase in the gas pressure caused by changes in water pressure that the fish undergoes when it's being reeled up from deep water. And what happens is the fish experiencing barotrauma, the, basically the, the gas pushes their stomach out of their mouth. So if you pulled up a snapper and you see this, Looks like a, a hot dog or something sticking out of the fish's mouth. That's actually the fish's stomach, and it's being squeezed out by the bladder. So to remedy that, if you go through the body wall, you don't puncture the stomach. A lot of people make that mistake, which is not real good for the fish. But if you go through the wall by the, one of the pectoral fins with a venting tool, it's like a hypodermic needle, you can actually hear the gas coming out, and you'll see the stomach recede back into the fish's body, then when you release it, the fish can swim to, to fight another day. Uh, when the fish is in that barotrauma condition, it struggles on top of the water. Birds come down and get it, sharks, dolphins, and a lot of them are lost. So your catch and release is, is actually a failure. So what they did in, in 2020 was they passed a, a DESCEND Act. It's an acronym for Direct Enhancement of Snapper Conservation and Economy Through Novel Devices Act. It's scheduled to go in effect about a year from now, January of 2022. And what this will do is require people who are fishing for reef fish to have on the boat a sharp venting tool and or a descending device. Now, this device has weights on it. You put the fish in it. You drop it down because of the weights. It pulls it down to the deeper water where it equalizes the pressure, and then it opens up and the fish is released. And the law will require that all boats have one or the other or both on there. And I know there's been some opposition to doing that. People saying, oh, it's just another regulation we got to put up with. But uh, in doing that, it will increase the survival rates and improve the fishing limits. You'll be able to keep more because 
the science will show that there are more fish out there. So, in my opinion, it's a good thing. And really, most people now have those little venting tools. Or actually, some people use the, 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 the point of a hook. But you got to be careful. Do not pop that, that stomach that's pushing out of the mouth. you got to go through the pectoral fin. If you go to the Department of Wildlife and Fisheries website, uh, you'll see it shows you exactly a photograph of where to insert that venting tool. All right, that's the Descend Act. Let's get to our text board. Boy, we got a lot of people texting this morning. we got Trucker Life headed to Pine Bluff, Arkansas. Listen to us on a wet Saturday morning. That's our trucker friend, Jeff Laborde. And let's see, we've got, uh, oh, look, daughter number one, Cherie, who you've heard co-host the show many times, used to actually be a producer. She's wishing uh, husband Blake and their GSPs, Briley, Dixie, and Chance, the best of luck. They're going for an AKC hunt test in LaGrange this morning, and that's in Texas. Uh, here's the tomato lady, Ann. She says, Greg's back from hunting. His menu for him and the guys was crockpot Oryx, O-R-I-X, is that a misprint or is that some critter I'm not familiar with? Maybe Oryx, I think there's some kind of a hoofed animal. And explain what an Oryx is. I think maybe it's O-R-E-X, I'm not sure. It could be a typo. Anyway, besides that, they dined on pan-grilled oysters, fried oysters, fish, and shrimp. That's a hunting trip? Sounds like a gourmet trip to the restaurant. Uh, Their next get-together is going to be, get this, black pot roasted wood duck fresh from their successful hunting trip, and poor Ann. All she had all week long was tomato sandwiches and fresh tomato basil soup. Now she's getting ready to start bringing in some beautiful redfish. Go get them, Ann. All right, here we have uh, Ron in Oklahoma. He's headed to Grand Lake of the Cherokees. He's going to start practicing for the upcoming tournament. He sure likes listening to the show in Winter Lake. Well, thank you, Ron. We glad to know you listened to us over there in Oklahoma, headed to the Grand Lake of the Cherokees. And here's our friend Justin in the Gentilly Wildlife Refuge. Valentine's Day is coming up. He's in love with his new neighbor across the street. I wonder if she's listening. She's the most beautiful girl he's ever seen. Say a prayer to St. Hubert for me. I can use all the help I can get. St. Hubert is not the patron saint of uh, the hopeless and lost causes, Justin. He's the patron saint of hunters. But I tell you, maybe he can intercede for you. And good luck with that. And I hope you get a Valentine uh, date there going. All right, and here's the other Justin. This is Justin the duck guy. He hit a deer on the way up to North Carolina, had some minor damage. He did take the deer to the cabin and clean it. He cooked the roast the next day. He also worked an accident when he was a volunteer firefighter where a truck hit a hog and the truck was total. I can believe that. If you look at the damage that's done when these collisions occur with animals and vehicles, it's incredible. But the worst I've ever seen is in Alaska. They have a number of vehicle moose crashes, and when you hit... One of those giant mammals with a truck or a car, it, it is total. And what they do when you're driving through Alaska, there's billboards, and they show the total moose that have been hit on the road and how many of them. You, If you're an, oh, excuse me, an Alaska resident, you can actually get on a waiting list, and they will contact you and let you know where the moose is, and you can go pick it up and keep the meat. So they're kind of making use of it, but it doesn't do anything for the guy with the total truck. All right, Daryl Carpenter's next, right after this, on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. All right, and the guy we rely on for fishing information in Grand Isle and Leeville and Golden Meadow and those areas down there is Daryl Carpenter, realscreamers.com. Daryl, I would imagine Grand Isle's not a real hopping place uh, this last couple of days of this gloomy, drizzly, windy weather we've been having. 
Well, I'm going to tell you, Don, it was it was a, a, a nice place earlier in the week. I mean, we had, what, two, three days of really good weather. The water cleared up like you just would not believe. I mean, it just it, it astounded me how fast after that wind died, how, the, how fast the, the water cleared up. I mean, one tide change, and boom, you had two, three feet of visibility in some places. But, yeah, you're right. Uh, you know, the fish are about as confused about the weather as the weathermen are. Um, you know, I mean, here we've got another one this week where it, I mean, it was a fairly decent cold front, but I mean, it's, the wind's already switching around. So, you know, by Monday, Tuesday, it ought to be, it's supposed to calm down and ought to be really good and ought to clean up really good. But then again, I mean, we see the forecast for next weekend. I mean, the way this weather's lining up, it's just ruining everybody's weekends. But, uh, but I mean, even those few days that it cleared up, the, the trout showed that they're here and they're hungry. Uh, there were trout catches come, uh, uh, the oyster reefs in the back. There were some trout caught off the beach by the deeper rocks. But you got one or two days to do it, and then it's going to calm down and uh, uh, blow up again, I should say. And the bite calms, and I think this week they're going to be thrown into just total confusion because our water's been hovering in the middle 60s or so. Um, so the the rest of this week, when it, when it warms up, ought to be really good. But then what, come next Friday, I think, is when we're supposed to get our Arctic blast. And uh, hopefully that doesn't drive the water temperatures down too much. We've had a really good winter for a good recruitment on those fish. And we'll see what it does. I mean, it just whatever that front does coming later this week is, is going to depict what the fish do for the next several days. Well, let's hope it doesn't drop real rapidly because that's when you get fish kills. And it's been a long time since we had a fish kill of any real significant amount. Darrell, I don't know if you heard me talking about the flounder situation, but the Wildlife and Fisheries Commission, uh, one of their agenda items was to talk about the flounder situation where they're noticing a decline. The commission was presented with some options by the department biologists, but they didn't make that public, and they asked for more options, but we don't know what the first ones were, nor the second ones, and they didn't take any action and didn't set a date when for them to come back and revisit it. Uh, Do you know of any, you being involved with the Charter Boat Association, you know, very actively, is it, do you all have any information on what those proposed regulations or options might be for them to vote on? It was a preliminary release of information to the commission. Of course, the commission probably gets more information than what we got. But uh, worst-case scenario, uh, I wasn't at the meeting. I did have a rep there. But worst-case scenario is they're saying they want a 50% reduction in in harvest in order to try to to save the flounder because they think it's environmental conditions. And if they word I got was that the testimony or the comment was if they totally shut down all recreational and commercial fishing, they would just just miss that 50 percent reduction because of bycatch and shrimp trawls and so forth. So we've been warned for a long time. It's going to be drastic. You can you can look for options all the way up to total closures. Wow. Well, if they're saying it's environmental, then, you know, limiting the catches in size limits or creel limit is not going to really get it done. And if they're looking to increase by 50%, and you say that might not even get it shutting everything down on them as far as legal Well, that's that's word we heard come out of, you know, when, when the scuttlebutt at the commission meeting when we were there. 
Um, and, and I'm like you, Don. I mean, I'm, I'm so conflicted with this because they say it's environmental. They say that flounder eggs, the, the, hat, the, the sex of a flounder is much like an alligator. It's determined by the water temperature at the time that the eggs hatch. And that when our water temperature is constantly warming, that they're seeing, if I'm not mistaken, it's more male flounders. So there's, there's a lack of females. But if that's true and it's environmental, I don't see but one or two, one or two, you know, results to this. Either flounders are going the way of the dinosaur and going to be extinct, or you know they either need to start hatching them in controlled conditions, or they need to start harvesting all they can now and putting them in aquariums and hoping 30, 40 years from now waters cool off and they can reintroduce them. Because uh, if it's environmental, so you you're right. That, no, no man's going to stop it. So do you think they're their hesitation or to not make this public was out of not one to alarm the public by saying, you know, they're recommending total closure. Well, that's see, that's what confused me. I did not hear you. I didn't hear your comments earlier, but you know, we were, it was my understanding that that's what was actually said at the commission meeting that, you know, a total closure mm-hmm. of recreation or a total closure of, of, of commercial would just barely get them to that 50%, if at all. Um, I, I didn't. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand that to be private information. I thought it was. I thought that was what was said in the public. Well, it, it should be public, but because it's a public body and it is public information, but they were just reluctant to release what those options were, and it may be out of fear of alarming the public. I don't know, but we'll we'll get to the bottom of it. Thanks for the report, Darrell. We appreciate it, my friend. We'll see you next week. Thank you, Don. You have a good day. All right, you can find him at realscreamers.com. Back with our number two after this quick break. You're listening to The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. Well, welcome back in. Still got our bad boy, the out. Very interesting feature of Bad Boys of the Outdoors. We'll tell you about that. Uh, also, we got a lot more fishing reports coming your way. But let me start off with some of your text messages. Get an awful lot of text in. Uh, this one is from our friend, the Backstrap Stacker. Uh, he wanted to guess New York or New Jersey has the highest number of animal car accidents. Too many deer, not enough people hunting. Uh, he says deer season still going on in South Alabama. Best rutting activity has just started here. He's heading out to the stand. Well, I will tell you that uh, we'll let you know which state it is. You may be surprised to hear it. I was surprised to hear which one led in both uh, deaths and also in the number of accidents per million vehicles. Uh, here's another one. Well, my marriage survived another deer season, and the grandkids each got a deer. What more can a man ask for? Great show. That's from my friend Mo. Yeah, well, a marriage survives deer season after deer season, you know, and that's part of it. All right, uh, let's see. I got some more of these text messages. 504-260-1870 is the number to send us one. And this one is uh, from Joe in Kiln, Mississippi, listening to it. Had a moose through the windshield in Alaska. Whew. I tell you what, I have seen some really bad moose vehicle collisions in Alaska. That's probably the worst one to hit. Uh, here's uh, one from the pistol hunter. He's going to work. Hint, need to do a special cleaning deer silver skin. Yeah, that silver skin on game can be pesky and just kind of makes it kind of chewy and grisly. It's on birds and mostly. If you can get that, you know, real sharp fillet knife and get that silver skin off of there. Or another alternative is if you use a meat mallet, you can kind of pound it out and that kind of breaks it up so you don't get that old sticky stuff. And uh, and the tomato lady has updated me. That was an Oryx, O-R-Y-X. 
which I thought it was an exotic uh, member of the antelope family. Thanks, Ann. And uh, how does oryx taste? Let us know. All right. If you are a bass fisherman, you need to sign up for the Bass Cash Bass. You may recall we had uh, P.D. Vincent on a while back, a few weeks ago. It is now underway uh, in Louisiana Delta. It started February 1st, goes until May 31st. There are about 10 different areas in Alabama, in Texas, in Louisiana. There are over $2 million worth of tagged bass out there. And just like the Star CCA tournament, every year somebody catches one of those, but unfortunately they are not pre-registered. So if you don't want to be that guy that does that, uh, go online, basscashbash.com, and get signed up. All right, uh, note about Bayou Wild TV. Have you seen this week's show? We, we kicked off Season 6. The title of this week's show is Venture Out, and it's a, a montage of places, uh, you know, actually stating that the outdoors is unstoppable, even during a pandemic, and even though a lot of other things have changed, many, many aspects of life and society, but the outdoors, that's the safest place to be, and we talk about that. We also got a great hunt with the Squirrel Mafia up at the Sanctuary, and also uh, Martha Spencer did an excellent venison asabuco recipe. If you don't know what to do with the shank, the lower leg portions of venison, of deer, most people just, you know, debone it and use it for uh, ground meat or maybe throw it into the sausage. But, boy, that asabuco is quite a dish. Check that out. And uh, if you want to find out where it airs, go to our website. That's the easiest thing, BayouWildTV.com. And I'm happy to tell you, uh, we will be uh, broadcasting and taping shows at a new location called Etouffee Authentic Cajun Cuisine Restaurant, which is in Covington on Highway 190. It's right next to the big Rainbow GMC in that shopping center. And this is the Kale family. I'm talking real Cajuns, real Cajun cuisine. We are going to be out there a couple of Mondays each month. And if you check with them, you'll see our schedule. But we will be there this Monday Starting at about 11 o'clock, Martha and Chris LeCock and I will be out there taping by you while. We'd love for you to stop by, have lunch with us, and uh, talk a little bit of hunting and fishing. That's going to be at Etouffee Restaurant, Highway 190 in Covington. Hope to see you there. And if you want to check to see what our schedule is, if you want to come out when we're there, just check with uh, Kim or any of the managers over there, and they will have our schedule posted. All right, we come back after this. It's time to talk to the guy who... We think was born on the bayou. We're not quite sure. We're talking about Captain Mike Gallo. If he wasn't born there, there's a good chance he'll die there because he spends an awful lot of time on the bayou. He's our fishing reporter for the areas of Lake Pontchartrain, Lake Bourne, Wrigley's, Chef, uh, over there by the Great Wall. He gets around. Have boat, we'll travel. He'll be back with us to give you his report right after this. And one Captain Mike Gallo, Angling Adventures of Louisiana, operates out of the spots in Dots Lake House Lodge, located on beautiful Salt Bayou on the North Shore of Lake Pontchartrain. That's just the start. He heads out to a number of places to fish and gives us a report every Saturday morning on what he does and what the prospects are. We thank him for that. And we also thank his sponsor, Cito. You know them. They're the ones that sell you peace of mind. $179 for a whole year's worth of it. But should you ever need it, They'll bring you fuel on the spot. They'll jumpstart you for electrical problems. And if nothing else to get you going, they will actually tow you into the dock. It's like having a AAA policy but on the water. Call Captain Chris. He'll sign you up, 
4545, or you can do it online, as so many of you have already done. Go to seatoe.com and get all the details. Well, Captain Mike, let's uh, take a look at your fishing week this week. We had some ups and downs with weather-wise, and what's the, the forecast look for the weekend? Well, you're correct, Don. We did have lots of ups and downs, some low water early in the week, midweek. We had some high water towards the end of the week. It was, uh, boy, that was, if you could be successful in all of those days, you'd be covered for the whole year. You'd have every scenario figured out, make it easy on you. <laughs> anyway, yeah. when the water was low, yeah, when the water was low, we also had a, a slow tide, and those two kind of helped and find the fish in some of the deeper bayous. And uh, redfish were fairly plentiful fishing with the uh, the matrix bounced on the bottom with a, a relatively light jig head, five sixteenths or even a quarter ounce. Um, so that was successful midweek. There's still been some bass being caught. Uh, a few trout, I've heard of some trout being caught, but those were more later in the evening, uh, pretty much right before dark. Got some reports of uh, friends going out, you know, leaving at 2 o'clock and fishing until, say, 5 or 6. So that evening bite seemed to be better on the speckled trout. And that was midweek also when uh, the weather was at least doable. The forecast for the rest of this weekend does not look good at all. Um, like Robbie Campo was saying, it's doable if you got a nice rain suit. You can get out there by the wall. I would suggest the evening you know, go at lunchtime and fish the evening portion of the day. The lighter jig head that you can use to get down to the bottom is going to be best. The Matrix Green Hornet has been a good color. Magneto's been a good color. The Gulp Curl Tails in white have been productive. And one tip I think I could share with you, I know we have a pretty big tide movement today, is I try to get away from fast-moving water when the water is cold. I want to try to get out of the moving water fairly close to the shoreline. Uh, the Mr. Go is just ideal for those types of scenarios. Being deeper in the middle, the majority of the mo moving water will be faster in the middle, but you can fish those ledges. And generally, looking at the Mr. Go, there's a couple of ledges, You'll have a ledge maybe 30 feet from the shore. That drops from, say, 6 feet of water down to 12. And then that might last for another 30 or 40 feet. And then it'll drop down even further into 30-plus feet of water. So it gives you two nice ledges to look at with your depth finder, see if you can see bait on the bottom or fish symbols on the bottom and Obviously, you want to start there. I usually start at the shallower drop-off, being it's further from the middle of the channel. That's where there's a little bit less water movement. You know, Mike, uh, a feature you and I did several years ago, and I know you're going to remember it, we called it whitewater trout fishing. <laughs> it was in the intercoastal waterway. Uh, when they turned the pumps on, uh, they were controlling some floods in, in New Orleans, and they pumped the water into the intercoastal waterway, and this foamy, chocolatey water comes through, but it's just <laughs> laden with, I, I guess, little small crawfish and 
all kind of little organisms, and the trout go crazy. And you and I went in, and it was actually white water. We were pulling speckled trout, and even to this day, I get a lot of people talk about that. Is, is that still go on? Have you been able to do that again, or uh, do you think it's it's over for some reason, or is it possible that that could happen again? I seem to remember that was late March or April, and I do remember when I cleaned some of those trout, they did have real small crawfish in them. So that's kind of what makes me think it was springtime. Um, and, yes, I have I have caught fish over there. Even, you know, sometimes when that water's not running, there's a big washout right there where that's a nice deep spot. And, of course, that deeper water will have your normal, you know, fish that prefer that deeper water. The black drum and the sheephead will get in there. When it's moving water and it's that time of the year, I'm pretty sure we had warmer water temperatures, um, you know, when we were fishing. But I have been there many times, and it's been successful. What will kind of bum you out is you're there fishing and you're catching and the the water stops moving. They turn those pumps off, and it really shuts the (laughs) bucket down. It does. It It does. That's incredible. But it, it shuts them down. You're right. But yeah, I've caught them there um, many times over the years. It's a, it's kind of a lucky thing. Fortunately, you can see it from a great distance away, so you just kind of keep watching. And if you see that water turn on, you certainly want to run over there and give it a try. Absolutely. Well, Mike, uh, before you go, tell people how to get a hold of you if they want to go fishing because it's not just a trip where they're going to come back with a nice box of fish. They're going to come back with a lot of knowledge and information, which you always do when you go out and take people there. It's a learning experience as much as a fun trip. Tell them how to get a hold of you. Very simple. You can find me on dontheoutdoorsguy.com. My website is aaofla.com. We're on social media, Angling Adventures of Louisiana, or the reliable telephone, which is 985-781-7811. All right. I expect to see some beautiful renovations next time I stop out of Lodge. I know you've been working hard on it. Yeah, with this kind of weather, that's about all I can do. But uh, we're, <laughs> we're making some improvements, that's for sure. It's always a good thing. Thank you, Mike. We'll see you next week, buddy. Take care. All right, Don. Talk to you then. All right. That's Captain Mike Gallo. Coming up next, we've got a report specifically for those of you with paddles. And I'm not talking about the paddle to stir your crawfish ball. I'm talking about the one that propels your watercraft, be it a kayak, canoe, or P-roll. We're back with Brendan Bayard, brought to you by our friends at Massey's and the Bayou Coast Kayak Fishing Club. Right here on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque. Radio Network. And the Strokers Report uh, with the Bayou Coast Kayak Fishing Club is a presentation of Massey's. You're going to find them in the mid-city of New Orleans, Covington, Baton Rouge, offering the best kayak models from brands like Hobie, Jackson Kayak, and Native Watercraft. See them all on the website. That's at MasseyOutfitters.com. You'll also find them on the Facebook page. And Brendan Bayard is one of our reporters. And, Brendan, boy, this is not the greatest weather for fishing, but... What can you suggest for kayakers that just need to get out on this uh, weekend? Yeah, Don, there's a there's a few places to get out there and uh, catch some fish this weekend. Uh, you know, this is, this is very similar to the weather we had a couple of weeks ago when we had the minimalist challenge. Lots of people still caught fish. It's just one of those uh, 
kind of gamble weekends when you have in the winter. Sometimes you have that nice warm front, and sometimes it's a little cooler with some, uh, you know, some rain here and there. So uh, if you get out to a place like Catfish Lake, you can drift some of those areas, those reefs out there, tight line plastics or corks, and catch a few trout. Uh, the trout are not too, too big out there, but, I mean, you can catch, you know, uh, 12 to 18-inch trout out there. Out in Big Lake, however, uh, people are catching some really nice-sized trout this time of year. Um, going out there, doing some wade fishing, uh, fishing some, some really shallow reefs, trying to get away from the crowds, and just take your time and fish big baits like corkies and then topwaters on those, on those days where you get that warm trend in the winter. But uh, this is the time of year to go and, uh, and fish that area and try to catch some of those big trophy-sized trout. Uh, as far as the red fishing, um, you suggest sight fishing is the best way to do it during low tide periods. Uh, what is your suggestion for getting elevation in a kayak? Uh, is there some device that you can attach that gives you a little bit more stability if you want to stand up? Because, you know, the red fishing guys in the bay boats, they got these huge towers, and that is such an advantage to be able to get a, a higher angle to see down in the water. Yeah, a lot of the guys that use the wider boats, like the Pro Angler, uh, will actually get an ice chest and stand on that. Some people even take little step ladders with them. It just depends on your uh, your ability to balance. Um, you know, a lot of times we'll go out to the uh, marsh, and I'll just bank the kayak up against, uh, you know, put the nose in, in the grass, and that kind of gives me a little bit of extra stability. And I'll get my ice chest, and I'll stand right there, and then I'll, I'll pick a kind of a thoroughfare, of water that I can just keep an eye on and wait. And so I'll, I'll position my boat in the grass a little bit, stand up there and then wait. And then sure enough, I'll see some that are coming by and I'll make the cast for those guys. You can also do the, you know, where you position your boat and, and use the wind to kind of push you across a pond. And, you know, as long as your balance is good, you could stand up a little bit uh, higher. I know some guys, uh, take out ladders and will stand up, you know, three feet up on their boat. A little bit uh, too uh, too much balance for me and my uh, <laughs> my uh, aging days. But uh, you know, and I have a kid in the back half the time with me, and they'll move one way, and I'll move one way, and so it's just a little too nerve wracking for me. But uh, I've, I've definitely put my kids up high when I'm down low, and uh, they can really have some fun because they they weigh nothing and you know, they can get up really high and see some of those fish, and that's really fun for them. What about some of these uh, new power poles? Uh, well, they they certainly would give you some stability, too. Huh? Yeah, um, I definitely use the power pole all the time when I'm out there. Uh, you know, the great thing about a kayak with uh, fins is you can power pole down, and you can uh, use your fins if you have a uh, 360 drive to push yourself left or right while pinned in position with that power pole. So if uh, if the current's pushing me uh, one way, I can always power pole down and then use the fins to to turn my boat. Even with just one power pole point position, it uh, I can still pivot my uh, my entire kayak to the to the direction that I need uh, with the 360 drive. And I've really been uh, loving taking advantage of that setup this last couple of years. And uh, definitely doing some nice sight fishing with those. Uh, the, that pro angler is is so much more stable than your average kayak you can really stand up uh pretty easily i I know a lot of uh you know guys that wouldn't call themselves balanced by any means and still are able to stand up with relative ease in that pro angler 
Yeah, that's some great stuff, Brendan. We thank you for those reports. Uh, real quick, uh, any uh, if you had to go fish freshwater tomorrow, what would be the one spot you would suggest to head? Oh man, uh, how about how about Chico Lake? I know that's a favorite of yours. Yeah, I do like I like going up in there. I've been, uh, you know, this time of year I have a couple of places that I go around town and I'll walk around the banks. And and this time of year, I, I like to see those sockele. They'll get up on the side, and and if I get a warming day, I can almost see them like bedded up against the side of the bank. And I'll come out with like one of those uh, lunchtime special <laughs> where I take my lunch break <laughs> and go out there and and tease some of those guys and and tickle them with uh, those two baits right on their nose <laughs> until they bite. Uh, yeah. You know, this time of year, sockele fishing is just off the chart. So I would target one of your Sokolay lakes and go and enjoy that right now because it's it's really going on right now. Sounds good. Thanks so much, Brendan. We appreciate it. We'll catch up with you next time. All right. Take care, Don. Bye. All right. Brendan Bayard, one of the members of the Bayou Coast Kayak Fishing Club. Oh, he's got some good information to pass along for paddlers. All right. We come back after this. It's Bad Boy the Outdoors time. Got a twist to this one's story. And if you've been on my Facebook page lately, you'll see a a woman there who had a 120-year sentence. She's tied to the bad boys of the outdoor story. We'll tell you how right after we pause three minutes for this break on the outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. Now, maybe you don't recall, or maybe you do, but I do remember that four years ago, uh, about four years, a little over four years ago, on my birthday, January 17th of 2017, Wildlife and Fishery agent Tyler Wheeler was on the way home after a 12-hour shift when he saw Amethyst Raythorn's Jeep swerving on Highway 165 in Morehouse Parish. He stopped her on a suspicion of a DWI. She gave him the ID of some juvenile instead of a driver's license. And when he saw that and that the plates on the Jeep didn't match the vehicle, he asked her to step out of the vehicle for a field sobriety test. Instead, she shot him four times. The last shot was directly into his back as he lay there injured after he had fallen and passed out after leaving a a tree he was hiding under and was attempting to run to his vehicle to get his side on. Raythorn was 32 years old at the time. She pleaded guilty to attempted first-degree murder and got a sentence total of 120 years in prison. Her picture is on my Facebook page. Now, Wheeler... He went through four surgeries and months and months of rehabilitation after the shooting and returned to active duty on August 23rd the following year, 2018. And this Wednesday, he was involved in yet another case, and I'll tell you about that after we let our local stations tell you who they are and where they are along the outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. The recovered senior agent, Tyler Wheeler, I just spoke about, got a complaint this past Wednesday about a subject entering a little patch of woods about 5 o'clock inside of Revelation Park in West Monroe. Wheeler made contact with Heath Page and found him in possession of a 22 rifle, a light, and a thermal vision. Well, the story gets worse. As Agent Wheeler, after further investigation, determined that Page was also a convicted felon, and as such is not allowed to possess a firearm. Wheeler made the arrest, booked him into the Washita Parish Jail, and now awaiting trial and facing criminal fines for hunting during closed season of $950, 
but for the much more serious charge of being a convicted felon in possession of a firearm, looking at a $5,000 fine plus up to 20 years in jail is 39-year-old Heath A. Page of Downsville, Louisiana, our bad boy of the outdoors. Uh, you know, you got to wonder <clears throat> what was going through Agent Wheeler's mind, being he had already been shot four times by a traffic stop. And then he recovered and got right back out into it again. He's doing the job. I'll tell you what. Thank you to Senior Agent Tyler Wheeler. Uh, you know, we define heroes today. A lot of our pro- professional athletes, we give them hero stat. This is a real hero. Guy shot four times in the line of duty, back on the job, and still enforcing the laws uh, and doing quite a service for hunters and fishermen in the state of Louisiana. Senior Agent Tyler Wheeler, we salute you on this February Saturday morning. Great job, my friend. All right, we come back, we'll talk to Captain Ryan Lambert, get you a fishing update down from Plaquemines Parish, Louisiana. It's what we do each and every week right here on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. And for those of you not familiar with the layout of Louisiana, Plaquemines Parish is the tip of the boot, way down south where the Mississippi River pours into the Gulf of Mexico, and it's one of our greatest resources in Louisiana. Captain Ryan Lambert of Cajun Fishing Adventures keeps us up to date on what's going on there. And, Ryan, glad we got to make at least one woodcock hunt with you this year. Boy, it's so quick. It comes and goes. But uh, it was a lot of fun getting out there. You know, those, those are some very formidable little targets. They sure are, boy. It's fun, though, just to watch the dogs and be out in it after after duck season. You know, it's it's just good to be out in the woods. I don't get to go in the woods anymore. I'm in the marsh all the time, but I enjoy being in the woods. I tell you what, I am uh, really happy with the way my dog Smokey is progressing. You know, she's now in her third year and coming into her prime, and uh, just so happy the way she's pointing and holding tight and retrieving birds, and she's loving it. She's, I think she enjoys it more than we do. <laughs> you know, all the dogs, they were good, and it was warm that day too, but they stayed with it. I tell you, I, I know I know. by the time we finished, I was feeling it. I was dragging a little bit, <laughs> walking <laughs> yeah. around in the yeah. bite knees. yeah. But yes, uh, boy, it's going to be a nasty little, week little this week, huh? Who yeah, is it? What are you all going to do? I'm, I'm going to Mexico. I'm fixing <laughs> I'm going to Noriasi <laughs> and get me one more duck on in. I gotta, I'm going to hunt uh, I'm gonna hunt five times this week, and then I'll call it quits. I'll finally say that's enough duck hunting. But, you know, it's, it's good when you the season ends and you're just having them, them withdrawals, and all of a sudden you get one more shot at it, so. I'm going to fly out today and go down there. And it looks like I'm picking a good week because it is going to be nasty this week. Oh, my goodness. It's going to be tough to fish, and especially sight fishing like I like yes, to Yes, it is. But the salinity yep. up in Bureau, so, so we're uh, going to have a nice trout season. River jumped up on us, didn't it? Yeah, it's up there, but the, they got the Davis Pond open because of salinity with this north wind. The salinity at Empire Jetties is 30 to 35 parts per thousand. So that's that's pretty good ooh, salinity. Ooh. Well, they have a good that's... spring on them speckled trout. You know, the river will come and go, but uh, it's nice. If, it's, if it stays, you know, don't go all the way up to 17, do something crazy, I think we'll have a great spring. It looks like it's shaping up to be a good spring. So, you know, it's all, it's all part of it. You just have to cruise around and do what you want but uh, you know i want to get on those sight fishing those red while this water is clear but it's been so nasty it's hard to it's hard to get out there when it's cloudy like this and try to sight fish 
You know, it's it's like a combination of all the factors. You know, it's it's cloudy, it's overcast, humidity's high, it's drizzling rain, and you got wind, and it's chilly temperatures. And you put all that stuff together, you could handle one or another by itself. But when you got all three of them working, and that boy, it's just miserable to be out there. And look, it's gonna be like that most of the week, and then next weekend it's gonna be cold, cold. I mean, really cold, coldest temperatures we've had all year. I'd drive some ducks back down, huh? Yeah, and I was thinking it's going to really push more woodcock down because they, they stay ahead of that cold front, too. Uh, I wanted to let you know, Ryan, I, I was contacted by Gunning for a Cure. You know, we got the harem team going to be shooting in that event at the end of this month, and they were requesting shirt sizes and gauges that the uh, our team is going to be using. And I wanted to let you know, uh, uh, Janice and I, I took her out to Bridgeview Gun Club, and she was uh, vastly improved on us busting those clay targets right. out there. And it was really windy. Right. It was some tough conditions. So uh, we're going we're gonna to make a, make some noise when we get the girls over there shooting this week. Is there a handicap in sporting clays? <laughs> well, you can buy what they call a mulligan, you know, that kind of a thing. But uh, no handicaps. Yeah. You know, we'll do it on their own. But if people want to come out there, it's gunningforacure.org. It's not too late to sponsor oh, yeah. a team, and it's all for it's great, uh, prostate cancer. Oh, it's great fun. they got food out there and stuff for the kids. And it's February 27th. It'll be the last Saturday of the month. And uh, you come out there and meet our team, uh, Ashley Marshall and Janice Lamont. Uh, Sarah Giles and Laney Wick, they'll be shooting for us. and uh, you, I'll be cheerleading, and you can coach them. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a good team. Yeah, I got a lot of them. They have a ball. We yeah. have a ball. Yep. And they're going to be shoot. I can't wait. I can't wait to, to see them get up there and shoot. You know, they're they, uh, they serious girls. I'm telling you, they, they, they're they just serious about it. In fact, it's Laney's birthday. we got to wish Laney a happy birthday today. Uh, that's right. That's week. right. Yeah. So what is she about? Uh, yeah. 29, 28, 29. Thereabouts. Thereabouts. <laughs> <laughs> she she's a dog lover. I tell you what, she loves that dog. Oh my gosh! I mean, she babies him. <laughs> but that that dog is all. That's that's her dog is like ten years old and was still out there getting after them woodcock watch. That's impressive. Yeah. I hope when I'm a hundred or seventy, I can still do it too. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna. Uh, yeah, I'm with it. So we just uh, we'll get the boys out and let them fish a little bit this week, and uh, you know mostly redfish on, on this. You know, right now the best t- tide for trout is late in the evening when you get a high, high tide. That's when we really can smoke the trout, and they gonna be nice trout too. I just like it this time of year when you can watch them in that crystal clear water and watch them fighting. Man, it's pretty. I can't wait when I get back. And, well, after this next cold front, that's what I'm gonna be doing. But I'm not going out next weekend in twenty something degree weather. That's not happening. <laughs> No, but we'll go search for some of those thumpers, you know. Can't wait for that. Yeah, for sure. Well, I'll get you down when uh, when it starts off, and we'll go make a little show or something. Sounds good. Give them that telephone number if somebody wants to call you for info. Yeah, they can call me direct at 504-559-5111 or go to CajunFishingAdventures.com. Check it all out. All right. Sounds good, Captain Ryan. We'll see you next time. Enjoy uh Hasta la vista. Enjoy it down there in Mexico. No, I always do, buddy. Sure enough. We'll talk to you next week. See you then. All right, Captain Ryan Lambert, uh, the captain of the Gunning for a Cure harem team representing Cajun Fishing Adventures. All right, we come back after this. Going to wrap it up. Oh, we're going to talk about uh, the state that is the leader in vehicle animal collisions. 
and get back to some of your text messages right after this on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. All right, we sure covered a lot of ground um, and some water, too, this morning, and thank you for joining us. We're getting ready to wrap up here. Let me get back to some of your text messages. Uh, and the tomato lady, I asked her about how does an oryx taste. She compares it to the taste and texture of a raccoon, just her opinion. And um, in case you're not familiar with the taste and texture record, it's pretty good, actually. Uh, Here's one from our friend David Hubble listening to us over in Alabama. Thanks to his local purveyor, Cecil, the shrimp man, he tried another Louisiana fish fry product yesterday, the garlic butter sauce. Delicious. Can't wait to try it with some grilled fish. Mm-mm. Yeah, David, that is a good product, as most of their products are. Uh, here's one that says, I've had accidents with deer and wild hogs over the years in Louisiana as well as Alabama. Most of the time, I was able to get the meat. Uh, he said, it's, uh, so it wasn't too bad. If the rain stops, he's going to take the baby girl to Pirate's Cove and do some fishing. That's from the Irish Kunas, one of our regular listeners. All right, uh, as far as the state that leads the nation in the number of vehicle animal collisions per million vehicles, believe it or not, it's Montana, which you think of an isolated place, not a whole lot of traffic. But, you know, when you think about the abundance of game, probably the lack of lighted roadways, um, they actually are the number one state. Second is South Dakota. Third is Alaska, which they're serious there, but not quite as many, than Wyoming and Wisconsin. So if you look at it, uh, four out of the top five are all in the same part of the state, uh, the country. They're in that northern, central, a little bit to the west part of the, the nation. Now, the state that leads in the most fatalities, this is surprising, Wisconsin. And, uh, I mean, they're far away, the lead, 112 fatalities. Uh, this was over a 10-year period, and number two was a second-place tie between Kansas and Oklahoma. Both of those had 46. So far and away, Wisconsin, the most deadly state as far as having vehicle uh, animal collisions and probably the most serious damage uh, per accident, I think you'd have to go with Alaska on that one. All right. Don't forget, uh, this is Super Bowl weekend, and every time Super Bowl weekend comes along, I think of one guy, Captain Kenny Krieger. He was fishing all alone on Super Bowl Sunday, 1999, many years ago, and he caught the number two, arguably the number one, all-time speckled trout in the state of Louisiana in Lake Pontchartrain. And, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe it had something to do with it. It launched an actual career for Kenny. He went on. He's now a professional fisherman. In fact, he's going to be on next week's Bayou Wild TV. Uh, We got together with he and uh, uh, Blaine Salter with the uh, Salter's Jigging Poles and went after Kenny's favorite fish. I call him the Sheephead Whisperer. Uh, He's an expert at catching sheephead in Lake Pontchartrain. We caught him on jig poles, which was a lot of fun, very light tackle. We got a recipe from Chef John Foltz making sheephead boulets. And I think Daryl Carpenter is going to give you a demonstration. You know, the the wrap on sheephead is, oh, they're so hard to clean. He's got a very easy way he does it, and you'll see a little demonstration from him. Check out BayouWildTV.com. And you'll find a, a station, or if nowhere else, you can get it right there on the website. It takes you to our YouTube page. You can watch all the past episodes. And as I mentioned before, we will be this Monday uh, taping Bayou Wild at Etouffee, a new authentic Cajun cuisine restaurant. They had their grand opening earlier this week, and we will be there a couple times each month on Mondays. 
And if you want to find out our schedule, just check with them. Go online or give them a call, and uh, they'll check with the, the manager, Kim, and let you know when we're going to be there. But we will be there this Monday, February 8th, beginning at 11 a.m. And stop by and say hello, and uh, we'll talk a little hunting and fishing. And uh, believe me, you'll enjoy that cuisine there. It is real Cajun food, and uh, you you won't be disappointed if you come out there. So hopefully you'll see us there. I want to invite you to come back again here next week for the radio program. We do this each and every Saturday morning. It's a little two-hour journey in the great outdoors. We've got some of the greatest fishing experts across the Gulf Coast updating us on reports, giving you advice, information that you need, telling you about changes and rules and regulations. And we try to have a little bit of fun because that's what this is all supposed to be about. And speaking of having fun in the outdoors, uh, I think it, it says it all in this week's uh, Bayou Wild TV. If you haven't seen this week's edition, uh, check it out on YouTube or one of our stations that carry it. And we, we make the point that even though we're in the middle of a pandemic and concerts and sporting events and meetings and gatherings, even work at the office has all changed in this pandemic that's affecting society and schools and universities, athletic events, you name it. But one thing that remains the same is the outdoors, hunting and fishing. In fact, that's the best place to get out and socially distance, whether it's just going to a park or you get into fishing, hunting. Uh, license sales have been off the charts lately. Try to find some ammo. People, well, for more reasons than just hunting, uh, buying firearms and, and getting ammunition. And there's a shortage on boats. And But, you know, sometimes you don't even need that. There's banks to fish from and paddlecraft and all that stuff. And we try to keep you advised on what's going on with the latest. So tune us in again next week. We'll be here same place, same time, same station. It's the Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.